Let's start our discussion of this year's Parshas Vayeshev, Tavshin Ayin Gimel. Just a scheduling note, Beth I will try to give a Parshas here next week. Uh, it's a busy schedule. The only night I have open is Sunday night. So Beth Hashem, I will, I will try, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll see. If it's not Sunday night, then we'll have to uh, suffice with past years. But uh, Beth Hashem, I, I really will try to get up for Parshas Miketz. We really don't want to have that Parsha go by without, uh, without any base measures below Chiddush. So Beth Hashem, I hope Sunday night. Okay, but now we have Parshas Vayeshev, Tavshanai and Gimel, and hopefully at the end we'll have one thought related to Hanukkah as well, which starts this Motzi Shabbos. And we start off with an Alshech HaKadosh. I don't think we ever looked inside to an Alshech in the Taurus Moshe, which is also the name of the Sefer of the Chassam Sofer, but the Alshech, one of the greats of the, of, uh, the Chachmei Tzvat in the 1500s, along with the Arizal, in the 1600s, along with the Arizal, um, he asks a number of questions, as he always does, and then comes up with a, a, a mahalach, a whole idea which explains a number of the problems. Okay, all his questions are on the second pasik in the parsha. Second pasik in the parsha, actually second, third, and fourth. He starts off with the second. Torah starts off and tells us, "Vayeshev Yaakov Eretz Migurei Aviv Beretz Kenan." Yaakov is <laughs> living in Eretz Kenan, and we just have the uh, preceding discussion in Vayishlach of he, he had come back and Yitzchak has died, even though in Muktamu Murcha Torah, really Yitzchak is still alive until later, but at least recorded in the Torah, Yitzchak has died. And Yosef is 17 years old. Yosef and Shvasrei Shanah Yeroes Achabatzon. He's shepherding with his brother's Batzon, Vehu Na'ar, and he is a young lad. Interesting that we know how old he is. You don't have to tell us that he's a Na'ar. We know he's 17. And Yosef brings the Lashon Hara, so to speak, to his father. Every Pasuk here is laden with material. Yosef, uh, Yaakov uh, loved Yosef from more than his sons. Since he is the Ben Zakunim, the son that he had in his old age. And he made him a special coat, and the brothers saw that this favoritism took place, took place, and they hated him for it. And the story starts, and this is the beginning of Shibud Mitzrayim, right here. The Jews going down to Egypt starts in our parsha. So the Al Shech, let's ask all the questions, and then we'll see his thought. Really, is something that we have to keep in mind as we read the entire story of Ayeshev Miketz and Vayigash. This Al Shech has to be in the back of our mind. But first, let's go through some of his questions. Roy Lashis slave. want us to think about the following. First of all, Ela told us Yaakov, Rakas Yosef. It says, these are the todos of Yaakov, and then it goes right into Yosef. No mention of the other brothers. Lama modi enu ben Every phrase is problematic. Why do we have to know? He was 17 years old. Right? Usually, when are ages said in the Torah? Births and deaths. That's what we know, right? When, ya- when Yitzchak had Yaakov and Esau, the Torah tells us how old he was. Or, or um, when somebody dies, obviously. But, so why here? This, this, nobody was born, nobody died, right? It's just in the middle, 17 years old. Omro Batson, Vahayo Lomar Hatson. What do you mean he was Roa Esachav Batson? The sheep, what do you mean? Bit Batson, with the sheep, in the sheep. Why does it tell us that phrase? Chazal already pick up on this that he acted as a nar with bnei bilha. Why does it say bnei bilha and bnei zilpa, not just bnei bilha v'zilpa? How does the first half of the pasuk connect with the second half of the pasuk? The first half, he was seventeen years old and he was bilha and zilpa. And in the second half of the Pasuk, he brought the Lashon Hara to, to the father, to Yaakov. What's the connection between the first half of the Pasuk and the second half of the Pasuk? Pasuk Gimel. The Yisrael Ahavis Yosef. Why is he called Yisrael here? We have Yaakov, Yaakov, Yaakov. All of a sudden, he's called Yisrael. Yisrael Ahavis Yosef, he called Banav. Vayiru Echav. The brothers saw this and they hated him. Hate? Is that the best... Is that the most correct description of the Mida? If somebody, if other children in the family are upset that favoritism is showed, what, what's the, how do we categorize that? That would be jealousy. That would be kinna. Would it be sinna? 
And yet here it's sinna, hatred. So how does we understand all of this? Says the Al-Sheikh HaKadosh. The Torah starts off this entire section with the word, the first Pasuk obviously is a introduction, Yaakov was sitting there, Mugurei Aviv, Eile. Eile Toldos Yaakov. What does Eile mean? Chazal tell us elsewhere, but the Alshech uses it here. Whenever it says Eila in the Torah, it's contrasting to what was said earlier. The Eila with a Vav, that's connecting to what was said earlier. The Eila HaMishpatim Asher Tassim Lefnehem. The Eila is connecting. These Mishpatim were also said at our Sinai. Eila is something new. What was said earlier, says the Alshech. What was just prior to Parshas Vayeshev, the last two Aliyahs said Vayishlach, Esav's family lineage. Esav and, and the Alufim and all the, all the um, uh, uh, Arias that took place in Esav's family, as Chazal tell us, and the mother and the father, you can't even tell who's the father, who's the son. Ela told us Yaakov. This, this family is different. Ela told us Yaakov. It's Pasal Esarishonos. This is not, this is different than the whole Esau lineage and family. Ela told us Yaakov. Why does it have to say that here? Says the Alshech. Because reading the story on a cursory level, we might take the Sadike Olam, the Shifteka, and start talking to them like their colleagues, about them, like their colleagues, like they're one of us, and start viewing their faults and their Chataim as, you know, we all sin. We sin, I sin, you sin, the Shvatim sin. And we might like forget that they're the Shifte Ka. We'll just think about, oh yeah, all siblings fight. Yeah, and oh yeah, they, they wanted to kill him. They throw him snakes and scorpions. They sold him down. And, you know, and you know, hatred and Yosef said some Lashon Hara. It was his fault. So you might start reading, and Yaakov showed favoritism. Right, what a terrible father. So we might start reading these stories says the Alshech. And, of course, there is messages to Pshuto Shal Mikra. As it said on today's Dafyomi, Ein HaMikra Yosim Pshuto. There is always the Pshat that we have to deal with. But we also have to remember that when we talk about Chatoim, they are Chatoim. But they're a different type of Chet. And we have to analyze them and not link them and put them in our world. We have to learn from them. So somewhat relate what they did to us, but don't think and chas v'shalom view them on the same playing field as colleagues. Says the Alshech, that's the word Eila, and that's the entire first three psukim as he's going to explain. Says the Alshech, and again, we're not going to read everything inside, line 18, Umi keshvatim kedoshe elyonim yisnu asachayim these, these brothers whose names were going to be on the, on the Choshen, they hated their brother, the Akanubo, and they were jealous. The the Ewachare Maves, they wanted to kill him. So how how does it? So Alkane, Haya Makum La Ish Shkaga Upet Shogel Peti, Lachov Machavos, Ashalotovos, Al Zerayakov, Lemar, Ulay Khalilovachaslo Nachon Libam in El. Maybe they were a little far. Yes, they were chote, but we have to make sure, says the Alshech, they weren't chote like us. Bottom of the column, Eila told us Yaakov, Velo bivav, ve'ele, lo hosif al shal esav, hamur v'parshav kodemes, no, kikulo zera emes. This family is different than the end of Ayishlach. Eila told us Yaakov. That's an introductory phrase to the next three parshios. Eila told us Yaakov. Now we continue. Next column. Right? You might, but look, look at them. Look what they did. No, let's focus on every player in the story, says the Alshech, and we'll go, what's going on in their minds. Arishon, Rishon. We start with Yosef. Why do we have to know his age? What do we have to know his age for? And he says, That means what we would call Pashta. As a right, the uh, the trap, shana right, shvatsrei shana and haya are both pashta, which going up, like screaming out at us. He was seventeen years old. In other words, to tell us he wasn't fully mature yet. 
that he wasn't at the level of Shiftei Kaya. Remember, all the other brothers were older. Yosef, besides Benjamin. But he was 17. And he was not Avarachaya. He was very precocious. And he had tremendous Chachma. And he led his brothers Batson. What is Batson? When did he talk to his brothers as, as somewhat of a figure of authority? Not when he was at home. That's, that's Yaakov's in charge there. Dafka Batson, when they were amongst themselves. And the brothers were talking. That's the word Batson. Yosef wouldn't say a word. Unless you say that he did it and he rebuked them and he spoke to them out of Gaiva, out of I'm better than you. No, you see he acted very lowly. With the lowly children of the maidservants, they didn't make fun of him and he was fine with them. He doesn't hold himself higher than anybody else. Yes, maybe he was a little bit over because of his age. But his intentions were pure. And you see that from the next phrase, Vunar, Aviv, Vichulu, to teach us. I said Lashin Hara. He said Lashin Hara. Next phrase. Vayavi Yosef is Dibasam Ra El Avihem. He didn't just go stand to say Lashin Hara. He only told it to one person in the world. El Avihem. Only to Yaakov. Because he had this, their best interests in mind. Wasn't Stam, he wasn't a, just a, uh, somebody who spoke, a Rachel, specifically to their father. Line 27. He wanted the father to be able to know to teach. Okay, that's Yosef. We explained Yosef. What's next? Next person involved. Yaakov Avinu. Vishema Tomar, where it says Oz Gimel. Im Kain Yia Yaakov Kaashem Shakibal Adiba. Yaakov accepted the Lashanara. Shal Kain Abu Yoser, and that's why. Isn't that why he favored him? Because he accepted the Lashanara. Kiyoso Bilvat Hechzik Lukasher Mikulam. So that's why it says Vyisrael Ahavis Yosef. Vhu Busum Lev El Raviyash Ayisrael Vachuli. Also talks about the trap here. Said it wasn't Yosef's fault. Yisrael. Yisrael Ahavis Yosef be called Banav. What does Yisrael mean? It's not a personal issue here. Yaakov was his personal name. Yisrael, as we mentioned in the past, that was his national name. There's something to do with the national destiny of Klal Yisrael that Yaakov realized. The Yisrael Ahavis Yosef be called Banav. Al Kain lo Yaakov Karatev Kankim Yisrael. And it was Yisrael also from the word Yashar. Straight. It wasn't, it wasn't because of Lashon Hara. You know why it was, what it was because? Ben Zakunim Hulo. What does that mean? Ben Shnei Zakunim. As any parent, there's a special feeling for the youngest child. Or Zakunim, as Chazal says, Eshekana Chachma. Zakunim. Asher Hedif Alechav. And what did he do? It was a Ksonis Pasim. What's a Ksonis Pasim? He quotes, it's an, a quote that goes underneath even. We picture, Yosef wearing this coat and everybody sees him. No, he says it's clear from others, from Midrashim. It was an underneath coat. It wasn't one that you wore outside. It was a Malvish Tachton, third column. It was Kimat not seen. He knew for whatever symbolic reason that Yosef needed this. Says the Alshech. So that's Yaakov. He was acting out of national destiny. He was acting out of this is what he felt needed to be done. Okay, so now we just explain Yosef, we explain Yaakov. What about the brothers? What about the brothers? V'halo tomar. ba'ashmat Yosef aviv. What about the brothers? Now you're telling me it's even worse. Yaakov didn't really do anything wrong and, and Yosef. How did they have such kin and sinna? So what does it say? Vayiru echav kioto ahav avihem mikol banav. What does mikol banav mean? Let's skip down for a couple of lines. Lazel ma vayiru echav kemirim kol again. The pasuk screaming out. Masha tachbidas matam meachiv amasha beriyat ksonis pasim asura. They saw the ksonis pasim lochinu. It's not just what you think. It wasn't just because of the coat. Sheim Kane, 
As we said before, if somebody else gets a gift in the family, I'm jealous. It's not hatred. No, it wasn't the coat. But it was that they thought it was because of the Lashon Hara. And Yosef was the only one that was the Sadiq in Yaakov's eyes. They made a mistake. But it wasn't out of out of out of malice. It wasn't out of out of it was a mistake that they made. But it wasn't the mistake that that the, the Pazik seems like we're just jealous because of a coat. Finally, what about Ben Zakunim? That's also alluded to in the Pasik. If it was just about loving the youngest child, we mentioned this a couple of years ago. Yosef wasn't the youngest child. If you want to show some favoritism to the baby, what about Binyamin? And Binyamin? That he didn't get the Xonis Pasim. So the brothers didn't think it was just. It can't just be Ben Zakunin. So that's why, he explains the Alshach, and he goes more, and to give you the rest, we have to realize that when we talk about this entire story, there's a lot more than meets the eye. And yes, we have to relate it to us, and we have to learn from it. And as we're going to see later, as of tonight, Ruvain did Shuva, and Yehuda did Shuva, and they paved the way for Bali Shuva in history. But we have to realize it's not the same kind of hate that we talk about. So that, as an introductory thought for the entire Yosef story for the next couple of weeks, we need to have the Alshech in the back of our mind. Okay. A lot of times the Alshech is more Nistar. So Baruch Hashem, we had one that was more Nigla a little bit here. It's Nigla because he tells us we have to look behind the scenes, the Nistar of the Pesukim. That's why it's a little bit Nistar as well. Okay, we continue. Continue with a thought that many, I think, are familiar with, but we, I don't think we've had it in the Parsha Shirim. So we'll mention it now, and we'll have a little expansion of it as well. Yosef tells the dreams to his brothers, and Vayomru lo echav pasaches hamalok timloch aleinu imashol timshol banu. What you're going to be? You're going to rule over us? And they said, Vayosef, it's not also. Yosef, what are you talking about? Right? We're going to we're going to our sheaths are going to bow down to your sheaths. No, these are this is the dream section of the Torah. Right, the dream section. We have Yosef's and Paro's and the Saramashkim, the Sarofim. There are more dreams in this section than anywhere else in Tanakh. Right here, at least in Torah. Says, so that's the brothers say, what are you doing? We're not going to bow down to you. The Vilmagon is bothered. Again, many are familiar with this. We're going to make it familiar right now. Are you going to be a king over us? Are you going to be a Moshe over us? What's the double Lashon? Between Melech and Moshel? You're not going to be a Melech over us? You're not going to be a Moshel over us? Why the double Lashon? What's alluded to? What's the difference between a Melech and a Moshel? So we have two thoughts from the Achronim of the 1700s. Says the Vilna Gon. Source number two. We'll start with that one. Sorry, it's a little light, but uh, we'll get through it. So what is it? What's the difference between a Melech and a Moshel? Says the Grah. Amnam The Pasik says in Tehillim, Kilashem Hamelucha Umoshel Bagayim. We'll see there are a number of Sukim in Tanakh which have both words, Melech and Moshel. So what does that mean? Kilashem Hamelucha Umoshel Bagayim. We say it every morning. Kimelech Nikra Mishmem Manim Osober Etzon Ha'am. A Melech is, I don't know if democratically voted in, but somebody who the nation wants. The nation approves of a melech. They accept his malchus. malchuso. Right, as the as the saying goes, a melech below am. Right, an am creates the melech. The ilu moshel, a moshel is a tyrant. Somebody who takes the throne, who usurps the throne, is not voted in and rules with an iron fist. That's a moshel. V'zeu shamar, and that's the pasuk that we say, beautiful. Ki l'Hashem amalucha, to Hashem haynu. Regarding Am Yisrael, Hashem is a melech or mamlechim. We accept His malchus on us. We accept His laws. Umoshel bagayim. Other nations they don't accept Him, right? They didn't want the Torah. So he's a moshel to all the other nations of the world. 
But what's going to happen when Mashiach comes? Then everybody is going to accept HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a Melech. Says the Gra, this is exactly what is meant by the brothers. Are you, Kiyamalucha, turning over the page now? It's a little lighter here. Are you going to be a melech over us? We're, that's never going to happen. We hate you. We're never, never going to agree to that. Maybe you can be melech on others, but not on us. If you saw a Moshel, then fine, maybe, but there's no way you could be a Melech. No way you're going to be a Melech. So, you're not going to be a Moshel, not going to be a Melech. So, says the Gra, that's the message of the double phrases in the, in the uh, Gra. The Nachlas Yaakov, which I'm sorry, I got a little cut off, I see on the, uh, on the, um, on the copy, I'll just say it outside. Rabbi Yaakov is, is the Nesivas. Rabbi Yaakov Milisa in his, in his Sefer on Flemish. He has a little different shot, but he just adds one other Pusik. So that's why I wanted to bring it in. A little different shot. What's the difference between a Melech and a Moshel? Says the Nachlas Yaakov, a Melech is global. A Melech is an overarching sustainer and ruler of the world. It's a Melech. Kodesh Baruch Hu is Mechadish Bechol Yom Tamid. That's in his role as Melech. As a king, a king sustains the world. That's the king of the world, Melech Al-Kaharetz. As we, we say on, uh, on, on Rosh Hashanah. That's a Melech. A Moshel is somebody who's involved in every single prat of our lives. And he creates situations in our lives out of our control. A little bit similar to the Grah. Moshel. That's a Moshel. Right? He's involved in the Hashgacha and the Bechira of all of his subjects. We say in Ashrei, Malchuscha, Malchus kol olamim, umem shaltecha b'chol darvadar. The Gra doesn't quote this Pasuk. Right? So we have in the, in the Pasuk in Ashrei, we have Melech and Moshel again. Malchuscha, Malchus kol olamim. Melech, Hashem, that's all the universes. All the worlds. You're a Melech al kol olamim. Mem shaltecha, being a Moshel, that's in every generation regarding us. You're involved in our lives, day in and day out. That's a Moshel. Ki Lashem, and you also can relate it, put all the Pesukim together, but that's the, the Nesivus is shot also on our Pasuk, but the, the common denominator, the brothers are telling Yosef, you're not going to be any kind of ruler on us. But according to the, to, to the, the, the Nesivus, it's, it's beautiful because Yosef did sustain them in the end. Yosef sustained the entire world. Right? Yosef, in that sense, became a Melech. He sustained them, and also he was involved in their lives, creating situations for them, as a Moshel. Melech and Moshel, in the words of the Nachlas Yaakov. Okay. What's on our plate now is to, in the, as the Alshech told us to do, to analyze two actions of two of the great protagonists in the story, the ones that are the main players in the story of the brothers, and that is Ruvain and Yehuda. We're going to have one thought focusing on Reuven's actions. And as we'll see, there's a lot more that meets the eye. An unbelievable thought that we'll have soon from the Drash Ha'iyun. But first, a thought from Rav Mecklenburg, the Ksavah Kabbalah, about Yehuda's actions. First Yehuda and then Reuven. The Medrash says, well, let's read the Psukim first. Perak Lamed Zayin Torah tells us, Vayomer Yehuda Lechav. They took off the coat and they threw him into the pit and the pit was empty. They sat down to eat. Again, we discussed a lot Baruch Hashem over the years, the Rashbam, as the brothers didn't really sell him. Yudah says to his brothers, What profit is there? Betza usually means financial profit. What are we going to get out of killing our brother? We're just going to kill him. We're not going to make a, we're not going to make a cent off of it. The chisinu has damo. We'll cover up his blood. 
No, lechuvenim kredel ishmaelim. Let's sell him to the to the ishmaelim. Viadeinu al tiibo ki achina b'sareinu huva ishmuecha. The brothers listen to him. You read pasuk chavav. You're like Yehuda. This is the this is machlus beis David. This is Yehuda. Ma bensa kinaragas achina v'chisinu as dama. Says the medrash on that pasuk. Source number five. Vayomer Yehuda lechav amar Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Loi b'shvach Yehuda akasem medaber. The Pasuk is saying something positive about Yehuda. Three places Yehuda spoke, and the brothers made him a king. And maybe this is where he earned Malchus. The brothers made Yehuda. Right here. Later on, all the different places where Yehuda steps forward. So the obvious question is, this Pasuk says something great about Yehuda. Yehuda did something wonderful here. He says, you know what? Well, he's not worth any... Well, <laughs> you want to make some money off of our brother. You know? You, how, is this, how is this a positive? So says the Ksav Kabbalah of Mecklenburg, as he always does, focusing on the words of the Torah, how they're so, they're so full of other ideas and other messages. They say that um, Reb Chaim once said, I mentioned this before, that there were four great gedolim of the 1800s that really were the strong stalwarts against the beginnings of the reform movement. And they, and even a little bit after it started already, and they devoted so much of their mental energy to showing how the Torah is chai v'kayam, and it's not an archaic ancient work, but it's alive today. And they connected life to the Torah, contemporary life, and Torah Shabal Peh to the Torah. Right, which are two major elements that the Reform movement rejected. And they were the Meshachachma, the Malbim, Rev Hirsch, and the Ksav HaKabbalah. Right, those four major figures from the 1800s who, who left us so much. Says the Ksav HaKabbalah. Uladaiti, he quoted a couple of Shatim before this related to this Pasuk, which he did not like. Lo Kain Anochi MD. My position is not like that. No, in this Pasuk is embedded Yehuda's message to them. We can't throw him in the pit. Yehuda was saying we can't throw him in the pit. It's like killing him. We can't kill him. We can't. It comes to Sakana. And what he's saying in this Pasuk is that throwing him in the pit, which they had just done, is just like killing them. That's what Yehuda is saying. Where, where is he saying that? All he said is, Ma betza! Right? What, 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 what are we going to get out of this? By covering up his blood. No. Let's read his words. What does v'chisinu mean? That one word. V'chisinu usually means... Ma betza, why should we kill him the chisinu and cover up his blood? No. The chisinu could mean, line 8, Pirsh the chisinu, nechase otanu. The chisinu means, Ma betza, what are we going to get out of killing our brother? We are going to be covered in blood. The chisinu esdamo. We will be covered in his blood. His blood will become clothing on us. What is Yehuda really saying? Everything that a person does, every mita that a person is involved in, is like his lavush. That's the mushal given. As the Pasuk says, your begadim should always be white. That means your midos should always be pure. Just like the malbush is what is seen, our clothing is seen, so to our midos are what is seen. When a person acts in a certain way. So that's why we have many mishalem. When somebody is lavush kinah. I mean, he's wearing jealousy. Which means he's acting jealous. That's why it's his lavush. Hashem malach geus lavesh. Hashem wore geus. Right? Geus. 
a high quality. What do he wore it? That's the Mida we see. So he says the same thing here, line 19. The Chisinu Esdamo, Tachlis Zu, Yielanu, Lasoslanu, Mixev, Lavush, Midamo. You know what happens if we throw him in the pit? Klomar, Rishmei Kitmei Dam Achinu, Bekanfei Begadenu Yimsu Tamid. We will have blood all over our clothes for eternity if we do anything to our brother. That's Vechisin, not, oh, we'll cover up his blood. No, we will be covered by his blood. That's Vechisinu. Ula Olam Negere Neinu Yisavavenu. It will always be on us. It will always be. And you know what? Maybe it always was. Because then they, afterwards, they, they had it, they felt it, the, 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 but, they, but they didn't do it directly. But at least in this Pasuk, the Ksav Kabbalah says, it's not a, as, it's, as it seems, as, oh, let's cover up his, right, why should we do that? Let's make a profit. No. Yehuda is saying, we're going we're gonna, to, it's going to be a, on us for eternity and therefore we can't do it. That's Yehuda. Now we get to Ruvain. Okay, I gave you the Drashva Ha'iyun, Rabbi Levine, Rabbi Lewin, however it's pronounced. Drashva Ha'iyun as follows. This is a major, a major thought. Starts off with the Medrash. We're on page three now, holding the side sideways. Says the Medrash. Oh, it's going on the Pasuk. Let's read the Pasuk first. The Pasuk... Let's review Ruvain's actions. What does Ruvain do? Paraglam first Pasach Chaf Aleph. First, the brothers say to each other, let's kill him and throw him into the pit. And say a wild animal ate him. What does Ruvain say? Vayishma Ruvain vayatzilehu miyadam. Ruvain says no. Vaydom yom alona keno nafesh. It's fascinating, not for now, the interplay between Ruvain and Yehuda over these next parshios. When they come to Yaakov, they want to bring Binyamin down, Ruvain talks, Yehuda talks. Those are the two people that talk in the Torah Shebech Sav. So Ruvain here stands up. Sounds amazing. No, we can't kill him. Ruvain says, no, al tishbechu dam. Hashlichu oto ala midbar. Throw him in the pit. V'yad al tishlichu bo. L'man miadam. To save him, as he had in mind to do, when he got back. Next. Next time Ruvain comes on the scene, Chazal say he wants to take care of Yaakov. So, next time he comes onto the scene is Pasach Haftes. Vayashav Reuven el habar. Reuven returns to the bar. Vihinei en Yosef babar. Yosef's not in it. Vayikra es bagadav. Right? Reuven wasn't there. He wasn't there. He told him to throw him in the pit, but he had other plans. Says the Medrash. Vayashav Reuven el habar. Reuven returns to the bar. Nobody has ever sinned and done shuva before me, Ruvain. Because we're not focusing on Kayan. But you did. You started with shuva. He returned to the pit. It's like a play on words. It's a lashon of an oath. You did shuva, Ruvain? Your descendant is also going to do tshuva and talk about tshuva. Ezel, who is Ruvain's descendant? Hoshea, the first of the Treasar. As the Pasuk says, Torah for Shabbat Shuva, Shuva Yisrael at Hashem Elokecha, return to Hashem, Ki Kashalta Ba'avonecha, because you stumbled in your sin, in your iniquity. So ask the Drash Baha'iyun. Where in this Pasuk? Where do you see Ruben de Tshuva? Ruben returned to the pit. What's just a play on words? He returned, Tshuva, same verb. So what exactly does, how, what Tshuva did he do? What's the connection to his descendant Hoshea? Okay, Ruben de Tshuva, Hoshea de Tshuva. Is there something deep here? Okay. Says the Drash Mahayun, four, five steps really in the thought, but it's a progression. Five step thought. Really a three-step thought, but we'll bring it into five. Step number one. Says the Drashva Ian, just quoting a Rambam. The Rambam in the, in the middle of Hilchus Shuva. The Rambam says, Ho Since everybody has free choice, the Rambam speaks about free choice at length in the middle two prakam of Hilchus Shuva, because everyone has free choice. So therefore, everybody needs to do Shuva. 
Right? If I didn't have free choice, there's nothing to do tshuva on because it wasn't my fault. So the Rambam says, no, everybody has free choice. And because we have free choice, so Mamewa, we have to do tshuva. Vulin arkapav michatav, Says the Drashvahoi, and what do you see from this Rambam? It's obvious. But what do you see from it? The root of tshuva is a recognition that I have free choice. That's step number one. Tshuva, if I don't realize, if I don't take responsibility for my actions, then I'll never come to do tshuva. If I think it's beyond me, if I believe, like other religions believe, in the doctrine of original sin, that once Adam sinned, we're destined to sin. It's out of our control, so then what's the point of tshuva? There is no point, because I didn't do anything wrong, because it wasn't my fault. So says the Drash and that's the first step. Recognizing that we have free choice, and once we do that, so then Mamela, we will be able to do tshuva. A person rules over his actions. And he could do whatever he wants. And therefore, if he sinned, he has to do tshuva, and he talks about it. Um, number one. That's step number one. Step number two. On the bottom of the page. Line 27. When we analyze this a little more, we'll see There are two psychological realities that prove to us that this is there are two things that happen to all of us all the time. And these two realities prove that there is free choice to every human being. What are those two psychological realities? Number one, Number one, it's what we feel like during the time that we sin. What does he mean? We find by many people when we do something wrong the first time, it's very hard for us. It's very hard. Second time, it's not as hard. Third time, fourth time, much easier. And as time goes on, we don't even realize that it's a sin. Asks the Drash Vahayun, if we didn't have the and everything was preordained, so why should that process be true? Why should it be hard? Everybody each other on their, are each in their own level. Right? If somebody always comes to davening on time, and one time he comes a little it comes late. So he like really feels bad about it. As he catches up and but then the next time he comes late it's not as bad. And it's just it happens it's a process in every type of of situation, Rachman Litzlan, Rachman Litzlan. If somebody, you know, is not is 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 not yet Shomer Shabbos, and they used to be Shomer Shabbos. That first time, Rachman Litzlan, that somebody who was Shomer Shabbos is Machalel. It's very hard, Rachman Litzlan. But each time they do it again, it's easier. Why, why should it get easier? What changed? Why was it hard the first time? Why was it easier the second time? If it's all out of my control, so then why should there be any difference in my feelings? It must be, no, it's in my control. And that's why the first time I feel bad about it. But once I got over it a little bit, so then I don't feel as bad. If I don't feel as bad, because I've chosen to go down this path, so then it gets easier. As Chazal say, Once I do an Avera once, twice, three times, it becomes mutter to me. It's not an Avera anymore. But that psychological reality, says the Drash Vahayun, is proof number one that there is Bechira Chavshis. V'ilohaya Adam Mukhrach B'maisav, line six, Me'ayin HaMilchama B'pamarishona. If I would be forced to do what I do, why do, is there a, a battle the first time? The Chisaron Hergish Vakrirus and the cooling off B'pamim Abos in the next times. There shouldn't be any difference. Number one. Number two, second proof of the Chirachavshis, line 12, Hamofis Hasheni, Humatsav Nefesh Adam La Acharachit. 
There's during the chait, like we just spoke about. And what about right after the chait? After I do something wrong, generally, we feel bad about it. After I do something right, I feel good. After I do a chesed for somebody, why do I feel good about it? After I do something bad, why do I feel bad? If everything was out of my control anyway, so why do I feel that way? Why do I feel good and bad after I do something good and bad? If I didn't have choice to do it anyway. If everything was preordained because God knew about it, I shouldn't feel good. Ah. After, if I feel something afterwards, it's because I did it. In either direction, Latov or Lara. Hamofi's Ashani says beautiful. Experience teaches us. When a person does something positive, he feels satisfaction. Why? After we use time properly, after we spend our time learning, we feel good. Why do we feel good if we didn't have a Chavshis? And by the way, it's not only a Jew. Everybody in the world, if somebody does something positive, if somebody does a, a, a good deed, they feel good afterwards because there's something called free choice that's part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu creating the world. If we didn't have a choice, that is step number two. Step number one, Bechira Chavshis is the basis of all tshuva, realizing it's all up to me. Number, step number two, there are two psychological realities that prove Bechira Chavshis. Number one, that I, what, how do I feel after the chet? Number two, what do I feel during the chet? Next, step number three is the second Al-Sheikh HaKadosh of the evening. The second Al-Sheikh, he quotes the Al-Sheikh here. Fascinating. Is there any way, says the Al-Sheikh, before I do something, to know if this is something that's positive or negative? Right? Sometimes things are a little gray. I'm not sure. There are mitzvahs and there are veros. But sometimes there are gray areas. And I'm not sure, you know, whether what I'm going to do is positive or not. We'll give two examples of this in a minute. So what do I do? Says the Al-Sheikh, just do a little bit of the action. Don't go all the way. If you do a little bit of the action and then see how you feel. Because what we just say in step number two, how we feel after we do something reflects the kind of action it was. Whether it's positive, good, or bad feeling. Says the al just do a little bit. Shagam kodem yesh ma'husa before you do a little bit. And he gives an amazing example. Amazing example. Some of you might have, when you learned this in Navi, might have thought about it. Remember, Shol HaMelech, the whole second half of Shmuel Aleph, wants to kill David. David's on the run, tries to assassinate him. David's hiding in a cave. And finally, Shol goes in. Shol's in the middle of doing, doing stuff. And David comes up behind him. David could kill him. He could kill him. It's self-defense. Shaul's trying to kill him. David could kill Shaul. What does he do? He cuts off a little corner of his coat. Remember the story? Line 8. Vayokam David vayachroses echreses knaf ha-me'il asher l'shaul balot. Vayachrechein vayachlev David. Right after that, David's heart gets him. Vayokam al-nashav. He says to his bed, What am I doing? I'm going to kill a Mashiach Hashem. What happened there? What changed? Says the al is beautiful. David wasn't sure. Is he a, should he? Is it a mitzvah? Is it an Avera? He didn't know. He didn't know what to do. So you know what? Let me do a little bit. Let me cut his coat. I'm not going to kill him. I'm going to cut his coat and see how I feel. Says the al he did and he felt terrible. He says, oh, now I know. There's no way. I'm not supposed to do this. Hashem will take care of Shaul. Hashem is going to protect me. That's why he did it. Okay, in line 14. If he went through the whole thing, it's not going to help him. Only if he just does a little bit, 
Then he could decide not to do the next element, the next fact. I'm sorry, yes, Chazal say he was, according to this, you have to know exactly why he was, he was punished for that, but also on the other hand, why didn't he kill him in self-defense? Right, so you're right, he was, he was, um, you know, he said, because that's why at the beginning of Malachim he wasn't able to be worn by the clothing, but maybe, maybe there are other ways that he could have done something, but it's a good question. That was step number three. Now we bring it home. Bechir HaChavshis is the basis for Tshuva. There are two psychological realities that tell us, prove Bechir HaChavshis. If I want to know, I do a little bit of the act and not the whole act. Now we get back to Ruvain. What does Ruvain do? Don't kill him. Throw him in the pit. What's he Ruvain doing? What's Ruvain doing? When he's throwing him in the pit. That's also terrible. Did he know about the Nechash Rab? In either case, you know what Ruvain's saying according to the al Sheikh. Ruvain's saying, I'm not sure if what we're doing is correct. I'm not doing. Why? Because Ruvain had that recognition. That it's all, it's all up to us. We have free choice. That was at the root of Ruvain's recognition. We have free choice. We, we can't just go through it and say, it's not up to us. Is Yosef a Rodef? Are we supposed to kill him? You know what? Let's do a little bit. But not kill him. So what does he do? Throws him in the pit. Throws him in the pit because that, that's like David cutting a little bit of the baguette. He threw him in the pit. And that's what it means. What does it mean? By Yishma Ruvain. Ruvain heard. What did he hear? What did he hear? It says, he heard something and they said, don't kill him. He just heard the brothers talking? Maybe. But, according to the Joshua Ha'iyun, Vayishma many times means a deeper type of Shmia. Vayishma Yisro. Right? Vayishma Melech Ha'ra, Melech Ha'negev. Vayishma means he understood something. Ruvain understood. Bechir Ha'chish is the root of all of our actions. And that's why he says... That's why he says that I, I, we, I can't, we can't do this. Let's do a little bit. Ma betza, he says. And therefore, Ruven was going to test it out how he feels. Meaning, what was he going to use? Which of the two proofs was he going to use? Which of the two elements related to Bechir Chavshis? How he felt afterwards. And if he felt terrible afterwards, so then he would know. He would know that it is inappropriate to continue the actions. So that was Ruvain. Go to the next column, towards the bottom. The Kivach Ruvain Hashem says, "You started Shuva. This was because the root of Shuva. Ruvain had the recognition of Bechira using the second element. So that's why Ruvain started. What does Hashem say? Your descendant is going to continue. Your descendant is going to continue. Hosea. What did Hosea say? Turning over the page in the last section." Shuvah Yisrael Hashem Elokecha ki kashalta ba'avonecha. What is kashalta? You have stumbled in your sins. That's an allusion and a reference to the first type and way of knowing Bechira. Right? If you see you keep stumbling in your sins and you have different feelings from the beginning and it gets easier and easier. So... That's what Hosea warns us about. You're responsible. Ruvain spoke about one element. That was his recognition. Let's see how we feel after the event. Hosea alluded to the second one. That's the message of the Medrash. Ruvain, you started. Hosea is going to continue. From both of them together, we learn the root of Bechir Chavshis, which is the basis for all of Tshuva, that we are responsible for all of our actions. Okay. Moving right along. A couple of more points, but that is that is something major. A question that I'll give one or two answers to, but there's a lot more than is in front of you, and feel free to do more homework on it. The question, though, is even, even more... Um, it's an obvious question, but we don't always formulate it, so it's an important question to formulate. Plus it later on. So after the story, the brothers go back to their father, Yaakov... Yaakov tears his clothing. He mourns his son for many days. The brothers and daughters, interestingly, daughters, doesn't say daughter. We know of Dina. So we know there must have been other daughters. All the children tried to comfort their father. And he refused, 
maybe subconsciously, to be comforted. Why? Was it because of a conscious decision? I don't want to get comfort. Chazals tell us it was subconscious. Rashi. A person does not accept tanchumin on a live person. Tanchumin, a people can move forward after death. But if the person is still alive, if somebody's comatose, person doesn't accept tanchumin because this nothing it can't move on. That's, the, that's why Yosef was alive. And because Yosef was alive, Yaakov couldn't accept Tanchumin for Yosef. That's Rashi in the name of Chazal. Ask the Maharal in the Gurari on Rashi. Isn't it somewhat circular logic? He didn't accept Tanchumin on Yosef because... Because why? Because Yosef was still alive. So then why didn't he realize that the fact that he wasn't able to accept Tanchumin is a riot that Yosef's still alive. Why didn't Yosef, Yosef, Yaakov was a smart man. Right? He's had a lot of life experiences at this point. So if he wasn't able to accept Tanchumin, and that was a, not a decision he was making, was it? Right? And he wasn't able to accept, so why didn't that prove to himself that Yosef was still alive? That's the Gurayi's Kasha. V'yim Tomar, line source 9. The Yaakov, Yaakov should have thought, so he has a number of suggestions. Each one is not fully, um, you know, uh, it do- doesn't explain everything fully, but food for thought. Feel free to look in more Mepharshe Rashi that talk about this question. Number one, he says on line four, V'yishlomar, Devadai al hames nigzurak zera, Sheishtakach mimenu. Avol einzman kavua umugbalazet. You're right, it takes time, but there's no set time. There's no set time. How long? Okay, 12 months for, for, for most. We're supposed to accept Tanchumen, but there are those that their Yetzer is overpowering on them. They're not in control of their emotions, and therefore it takes longer. So maybe that's why Yaakov might have thought to himself, Maybe I'm just not in control of my emotions because, you know, I'm not accepting. Says the Maharal, that's very hard to say. Very hard to say about Yaakov Avinu that he was not in control of his emotions and that it was the Yetzirah or the Yetzirah, whatever kind of Yetzirah it was. But that's one idea. The Yetzirah, he gives another pshat. Maybe, ki Yaakov chashav, Yaakov thought, when do we say that we accept Tanchumen? After burial, not after death. After burial, that's when there's closure. Ki Yaakov chashav ki lakachenu misnachem mebnei shalohaya misyayish mikvuraso. He so wanted to bury him. Maybe he thought they'd find the body. Rachmanu l'tzlan, even if a relative one knows is not alive, but the mourning process doesn't start until after burial. Maybe Yaakov kept wishing and yearning that they'd find the body and able to bury the body. And that's why he wasn't accepting Tanchumen. And that's why he didn't have Yeish. Didn't have Yeish to bury. Number two. And finally, the third idea, which he says more of a conscious decision, going down to line 28. Remember, Yaakov had a Nevuah. He would have the Shifteka. He would build the Shifteka. And now he only has 11. And maybe he thinks it's partially his fault. And maybe he's thinking about the Ksonis Pasim. And maybe he's thinking on his own level. I didn't build the Shiftei Ka. I was supposed to. Right? Remember the wives knew it. There was supposed to be 12 Shvatim. Now he has 11. So he thought maybe he's at fault. And he's scared. And that's why he doesn't accept Tanchumen. Because he has Gehenim on his mind. Three little ideas. The Gerayi tells us about why Yaakov didn't think of the lack of the Kabbalah of Tanchumin, why didn't that tell him that Yosef was alive? Okay. Two final points. Take home, take home messages. First from Rav Zevin. Oh. Rav Zevin, a classic. 
Says Rav Zavin, as we know, the next story, Yehuda and Tamar and the sons of Yehuda, all the way at the end. Yehuda was with Tamar. Tamar is pregnant with twins. And what are the twins' names? And the Paraglamerches. We have one thought. We're trying to get touch on at least every story a little bit in the, in the parsha. So we have one thought on the on the brother on the Yaakov hearing about it. Now one thought on Yud and Tamar, and then we'll have one thought on the Saramash. What are the names? His brother went out first. What are you break through? What are you breaking through for? So he named him Peretz. And afterwards, the other brother went out. And he was called Zarach because of the the uh, the bracelet that they put on the baby to know that one came out first. That's why it shined. Okay. Peretz, as we know, who comes from Peretz? David What's the significance of Peretz? Of the name Peretz? What's the significance? My Peretz Dolecha Peretz. Says the Ramban on the Pasik, it's quoted in source ten. The Indian parrots Bachomakom Nititzat Hageder Vaavro. Mina Parutz Gidro. Parrots always means breaking through a border. Breaking through a border. That's what parrots is. A pirza is breaking through a border. Says Rav Zevin. Kol Geder Mishamesh Ikuv Lishnaidvarin. Every fence or door serves two functions. It stops people from passing through Liknisa Uliatsiya, entering in or going out. Right? A door, a fence, prevents entrance a closed door, prevents entrance and exit. When Yaakov Avinu and Laban made the aid, made the, the fence, the pile of stones, that was a machitza between Eretz Yisrael and Chutz Laaretz. Mitzado Echad, meaning, why? What do you need a border for? Mitzado Echad, Asur Latzeis, Eretz Yisrael, Chutz Laaretz. On the one hand, the border was to prevent exit. You can't leave Israel, unless it's for a good reason. Geder Liyetzia, can't go out. But Mitzad Sheni, on the other hand, it's Geder for Knisa. You can't bring Tumah of Eretz Ha'amim into Eretz Yisrael. So a fence or a geder, a machitza, serves the purpose of preventing entrance and exit. But, says Rav Zevin, the door will open if it's for a good reason. Right? It's only lara that it functions as a machitza. But Latova is wonderful in both directions. On the one hand, right, you could go out of Eretz Yisrael for what? Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. Tzion, Yerushalayim, radiates Torah out to the entire world. The entire world! Kimitzion, Tete Torah, so the borders are broken. And also in the future, Right? From Chutzlaris, the Gemara tells us, the shuls and the, and the yeshivas from all over the world are going to come to become part of Eretz Yisrael in the future. A good reason coming in. That's in terms of Eretz Yisrael. Same thing with the shul. Same thing with the shul, he says, or a base medrash. On the one hand, you have doors. You have borders. Because, we usually, sometimes there are limits what you're allowed to take out of a base medrash, a base knesses. You don't take out the bima, unless it's the pikuach nefesh. You don't go out. You're not allowed to take out a, ta- a, a safer Torah, but chulu, chulu. And also, when you go into a shul, there's certain behavior. You have to leave certain things outside. Right, you have to leave your muddy boots outside. You have to leave right in the base of Migdash, right? You have to your your money belt and your and the walking stick. A base of Medjah and Basic Nasus also is a border. Can't go in, can't go out. But we also break through sometimes. A shul shouldn't just be in the shul. It should radiate out and affect the community. And affect the entire larger community. And also, a shul, a school should take in the positive Jewish values from the outside to bring in what we can inside. So yes, there are always borders, but for good reason, we'll break those borders. What does parrots mean? Parrots means when we spread out, when we break through and we try to have the most influence that we can have. That's parrots, what the Rabban says, breaking through. Parrots. 
is the great-great-grandfather of David HaMelech. Because David, David radiated out. David created a city, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. David created it with pierces. That's Peretz. Peretz, Ufaratzta, Yom of Akim, Vesafon of Enegma. All Dvarim Shebekdusha have to radiate out, have to spread out into our lives. That's the bracha of Uparatzta, and that's the Mitzius of David Okay, last point for the evening, which will also go into just one related thought about Hanukkah. The Sarah Mashkim. Amazing Medrash. It's not such a popular, famous Medrash. The Medrash tells us, right here on the, in the, in the Breshaz Rabbah, on the, on the Parsha, we know Yosef HaTzadik, at the end of the Parsha, in jail, he tells over the dreams, and he says to the Sarah Mashkim, by the way, you know, remember me. Remember me, please. You know, put in a good word. Please put in a good word to the authorities. You know, I, I helped you out. So what happened? So, as we know, the Torah tells us the Sar HaMashkim did not fulfill Yosef's Ratzon. He didn't remember and he forgot. Emphatically. He didn't remember and he forgot. The Medrash picks up on that double Asho. The Medrash says that the Sar HaMashkim wasn't just an idiot. He wasn't just somebody who was a kafui tova. He wanted to remember. The Medrash says he many times he, he tied a string around his finger. He like put on his belt backwards. He did things to remind him of Yosef. And every time a malach came and undid his reminder. He set his alarm clock. The malach came in and turned it off. That's the Medrash. Every time he tried to... He remember Time didn't come yet. You keep forgetting. I don't forget. Meaning what? Says the Osra Satora. It does. If something's supposed to happen in our lives. There's no way it's going to happen before the exact time that Hashem wants it to happen. We have to do Ishtablus in life. We have to do everything we want. But ultimately, ultimately, after we do all of our Ishtablus, it's out of our control. It's out of our control. It's out of our hands. Once the second comes, Yeshua Hashem Keherifayim. It happens in a, in a blink. What did it say in next week's parsha? By Yeritzuhu Minabar. They quickly took him out of the pit. Fast. Years and years, two years, boom, quick. Because we can't push. We can, I'm sorry, we can push. But then we have to have the attitude of Hashem knows exactly when we're supposed to have things in life. Whenever it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. And many times we see things in our lives that happen at a certain moment. And if it would have happened earlier, it's all hashgacha. Says the Osiris Torah as well. Same author. In his Sefer on Hanukkah, maybe that also was learned out from the story of the Chashmonayim. We have to realize everything in this world, we have to do our Ishtabus, but then realize it's up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Gemara says on the last Amud in Mesechus Brachos, Whoever pushes the moment tries to be in control as much as he can and play God, right? Hasha doch kaso. You learn it from Avshalom. Avshalom tried to get the Malchus and look what happened to him. V'chola nidchem hasha. And whoever lets the Shah, you know, be nidcha, then HaKadosh Baruch will make it happen. Don't worry. You learn that from Rabbi Rav Yosef. Rabbi was supposed to be the Rosh Hashiva. He let Rav Yosef be the Rosh Hashiva and he was able to live longer years. What did the Chashmonoim do? The Chashmonam won the full Hanukkah, but as the Ramban talks about in Parshas Vayechi, the Chashmonam daku v'lachku melucha la'atzmam. They were the Kohanim. They won the war, yes! But what happened after? After the story of Hanukkah, or during the story, they, they, they took the Malchus. As the Ramban writes, they should have won the war and then stepped aside and bid the Kohanim Gedolim and let you, Malchus Yehuda take the Malchus. Rachman al-Itzlan and only the Ramban could say such a thing. And others. The Gemara talks about it. The entire Hashmonon dynasty was wiped out. 
was wiped out not, and not such the near future. So Hanukkah is an unbelievable holiday. But there's a little tinge of sadness as we have Hanukkah too because of the message of you did follow me now, Kaddish Baruch who's in charge of this moment. And that's the Sar HaMashkim. The Sar HaMashkim. Yosef, it's not time yet, Kaddish Baruch Hu says. So it doesn't matter how many times you put it around your finger, it's not going to happen. It's not time for Yosef to come out. So in life, we have to do our Ishtadlus. But then we have to say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the rest is up to you. The rest is up to you. We can't overstep our bounds in order to try to accomplish something that's against Halacha or beyond what we, what we assume is, is appropriate for us. Beth Hashem, we should all have the wisdom to be able to figure that out. And Beth Hashem, be zocha to a chag urim sameach. So again, Beth Hashem, next week, I hope, again, the only night I have is Sunday. I hope, I hope to try to, um, to give it on Sunday night. Okay, we'll stop here.